Welcome to the Harvest House Church Sermon of the Week podcast. Our vision is to empower each person to know God, experience freedom, and discover their purpose to make a difference. Enjoy the message from this past Sunday. Wow, that is so cool. Can we give it up? Come on, let's really praise God for that. Man, thank you, thank you, thank you. Gosh, that's tremendous. We're going to be hearing from more from them in the next few weeks, so get ready for that. So awesome, awesome, awesome. Good morning. Welcome to part two of the Stand series. Super excited about this new series called Stand. And you go ahead and open your Bible to Daniel chapter three. Daniel is a tremendous book to, uh, for us, especially at this time that we live. We really are faced with a dilemma as believers and lovers of Jesus. We have this dilemma of being relevant, relatable, and yet maintain biblical precedent, you know? Uh, so the big question with this series is how in the world are we to be an influence and not influenced by this culture. So the book of Daniel, I'll give you some quick background. I'm going to do a super quick review. Uh, God warned the nation of Israel. He said, if you turn from me, you're going to go into exile. You're going to go into slavery. We call that the Babylonian um, captivity. It lasted 70 years. So Daniel, the book of Daniel is about that. The Babylonians come and they, they attack Israel. They conquer Israel and they take Daniel and a few of his friends put them in the royal palace and train them up. So we also looked at what we call the Babylonian mindset. It runs from Genesis to Revelation. We see it throughout the scripture. It's very much alive today. Some people call it like a Babylonian spirit. Uh, what does it do? It elevates self, elevates mankind in man's opinion. At the same time, it degrades God. So what it's going to do is it's going to say, we know better than you. Mankind knows better than you about what is sin, what is right, what is wrong. Uh, thoughts about marriage, thoughts about sexuality, thoughts about all kinds of thoughts. We know better than you. So it just degrades, degrades the Lord. We looked at this scripture super quick. Isaiah 59, I wanted to show it up again because this is a great scripture for you to mark, to highlight, to memorize because this is your culture. It says justice is driven back, righteousness stands at a distance. And now the righteous, we're standing. Many, many with good hearts, we're standing, but we just don't know how to navigate this world where if you say something, you're so misinterpreted or you reject it or whatever. So because of that, it's like things we've, we've taken a step back. Now I've been in ministry 33, full-time ministry 33 years, and I've never seen anything like the last few years. Um, no one's got a bad heart. Everybody, we want to reach our culture. We want to reach people with love. But in order to do that, we've just kind of shrunk back. And, and what's happened is the Bible, the gospel, is just everything seems to be watered down. So, and in many ways, you know, what's going on right now in our American culture is exactly what was going on in a city called Corinth. And Paul wrote two letters there. He wrote to the Corinthian church. It's where we get the book of Corinthians, first and second, Corinthians. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about Corinth. Corinth is a lot like America right now. It placed high value on being wealthy and humanistic, arrogant. It placed this incredible value on human intellect and hedonistic pleasures. Okay, but what it didn't do, it didn't, it didn't exalt discipline and certainly didn't exalt the Lord. So with that in mind, Paul writes this scripture. For the message of the cross 
is foolishness to those who are perishing. And in our culture today, the world that we live, what we believe as lovers of Christ, people say it's foolish. But look what it says here. But to us who are being saved, it is the absolute power of God. So, so what, you know, and that's the thing about the gospel. On the surface, if you don't know anything about it, you can look at it and go, this is so crazy. But man, when you in, when you give Christ your life, all of a sudden your marriage starts working. All of a sudden relationships start working. All of a sudden your business is doing a ton better. What I'm trying to say is it works. It works. The power of the gospel, it works. So the question now, how are we to navigate this culture? Really, and I, I just feel like, man, it is, it is a passion of mine to prepare us, prepare you, me, to be able to be effective, to be an influence and not be influenced in this culture. So we call this making a difference or difference makers, standing to be a difference maker. So I'm gonna give you three characteristics of how to do that. Number one, we have to stand for God in worship. Let me set it up a little bit. What's going on in Daniel 3? The king, King Nebuchadnezzar, he makes a humongous idol, an image. It's 90 feet high and it's nine feet wide. It's a humongous image. And he calls everyone that whenever they hear the sound, they must bow down to worship it. Let's look at it in the scripture. Here it comes. He says this, a herald comes. And you look on your scripture and your Bible or your phone if you got it with you. Nations and peoples of every language, verse 4, this is what you're commanded to do. And I'm telling you, the world that we live in, the culture that we live in, is command. it's like a command. You must do this. As soon as you hear the sound, you must fall down and worship the image. All right, and notice there's sound and image. It's going on today how the enemy is using sounds and images and calling us to worship. Now, I believe that the Christian life can be boiled down to what you worship. The Bible begins over a battle of worship. It ends with a battle of worship. The enemy knows that there's something in every human to worship. You are worshiping something. Everyone is worshiping something. It is called being human. Okay, worship's not just Sunday morning, what we did right there, that was awesome. Okay, that was just collective worship. Worship is more than just that. Worship is what you do with your time. Worship is what you do with your talents. Worship is what you do with your treasure. It's your focus. Everyone is worshiping something. Again, it's called being human. We are made in the image of God, but we're not to worship the creation of the image. And what's happening in our culture is people are worshiping humanistic philosophies. It equals death. It equals, it's, it's, it's just, it's just a, a terrible thing. Now, for us, some of the idols in our world, we, we have to deal with power, you know, and greed and, you know, the love of money and sexual things. And, and it all cloaks itself in this new identity called busyness. It seems like everybody's busy now. 
And I think this is a trick of the devil because the devil, he knows if he can get you so focused on this world and so dependent to get your value in it, then you'll forget the next one. All right, so (laughs) I said this earlier. Write this down. Please write this down. You will manifest whatever world you are the most aware of. Let me say that again in English so we can get it, okay? You will manifest whatever world you are more aware of. If you are more aware of this temporal world, that will be your manifestation. If you're more aware of a heavenly world, you will manifest that world. And this is what Jesus said, may your kingdom come on on the earth as it is in the heavens. So praise the Lord for that. So let's go back to our story. Well, let's pick it up where we left off. He makes this big image. And then Nebuchadnezzar says this in Daniel 3 in verse 6. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. And what I'm going to speak to you today, what I'm going to tell you today, I submit to you today, we are faced with these same kind of dilemmas. Certainly not life and death. We're not faced with that. But we are being called by our culture to fall down and worship. And if we don't, we are thrown into a cultural furnace of rejection, of labeling, of mischaracterization. We, like Daniel, are pressured on a daily basis to bow down to the vain human philosophies of this world, but we must not bow. We cannot bow to this. We must stand. And it's true. We'll be labeled. We're going to be misrepresented. All of this stuff. But the battle right now is who gets the worship? Is it mankind and man's philosophy, secular humanism, all that other stuff? Or is it the one true and living God? Now, at this point, what happened is the nation, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon, Babylon, they, they bowed down. The whole nation bowed down, all of the leaders. But there were three that did not bow down. And they're Daniel's friends. We know them in the scripture Remember, their names were changed last week. We talked about that. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their names were changed. But these three did not bow down. When Nebuchadnezzar found out, it says he was furious with rage. And he asked, is it true? Is it possible you guys didn't bow down? And then the king looked at him and said, you must bow down to these philosophies of mankind, to this political correctness language. You must do what we say. And if you don't, we're going to throw you in that fire. You're going in there. Okay, this brings us to number two. How are we to stand in this cultural furnace that we're we're facing? We are lovers of Jesus. We love kindness. We love goodness. We believe the Bible. And what they're saying is, that's fine. You can believe all that, but forget the Bible. Have you noticed? You can be, you can be all, but just forget Jesus. Have you noticed? You can do all this, but just, you can't have that. And if you do, you're going in the furnace. You feel it at work. You feel it at home. You feel it in school. You're faced with this reality of a cultural furnace. So what are we to do? Number two, please get these down. We have to stand with Others in fellowship. 
We need fellowship. We need what we're involved with right here today. We need each other. We need the church. We need you to bring others with you. The hour is critical. The time is critical. Let me tell you, this is an awesome church. This church is just awesome. I'm asking, you got two, most, I think everybody got two hands, okay? Fill them and bring someone with you. Why? Because in the days that we live, we're going to need each other. We're going to need community. And listen, we want to help you. We want to assist you in a spiritual journey. We want you to discover your purpose. That's what the growth track's all about. And then we want to place you in ministry, serving and giving. Why? So that the fullness of what we're doing today, called the body of Christ, can be seen in our city. We need the fullness of Jesus being manifested on the mountain. Well, that can't happen until you and I and everybody finds their place and begins serving. That is true. All right, so with that in mind, we're gonna keep rolling. We're gonna keep, we're gonna keep going and see what else happens. Okay, so they tell them, you must bow, you must do this. Uh, these three guys, you got to bow, but let's look at how they answer. King Nebuchadnezzar, here's what the three guys say. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it says in the scripture, they say, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. I tell you, I hope you're taking notes, and I hope you get down what it's saying. We do not need to defend ourselves. What I'm finding in the culture that we live, we're being way too defensive, we're, we're, you know, and, and, and what is it, what, how does it play out? You know, well, we're gonna, we're just gonna argue and, and the Bible says have nothing to do with foolish and stupid arguments, you know, <laughs> like this guy, he gets on the airplane and I got a Bible and he's, and he was, you not, you not one of them, are you? And I said, what do you mean by one of them? One of them old Christian people. I said, of course I am. What's wrong with you? It was hilarious. He's like, he's got to take him back. Like, you mean you're not a Christian? Well, no, man, you crazy. You know, you're just crazy, man. Let me show you something. Let me show you. He started like, whoa, just chill out, dude. Chill out. Take a stand. Take a stand. We do not need to defend ourselves before. We do not need to defend ourselves on our beliefs about sexuality. God's way works. God's way works. We do not need to defend ourselves about the unborn. We love life. We love the environment. That's the very first command of scripture. Mankind, take care of my earth. We're not doing such a good job about that right now, everybody. Need to take care of the environment. But because we love the environment, we love life. We love that. Do you understand? We believe what God says about marriage. We don't have to defend it. It's just what we're for. We're not against anything. I'm not a hater. I promise you, I'm not a hater. But I love God. I just love his ways, you know? I love his ways. Okay. He says, we do not need to defend you, uh, defend ourselves before you in this matter. 
But let's look at what else they say. Look at this. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your hand. Look at their confidence. Now, are they all worried about the first? I mean, they didn't want to go in the furnace. Everybody didn't want to go in there. I mean, you don't either, and neither do I, man. I can't stand being mislabeled just because I want God to be known. <laughs> oh, I just want him to be known so bad. I, I, just, I just want him to be known so bad. But look at, look at, their, look at their response. They're, they're, they're very generous. They're very, they're very kind. But notice what they didn't do. They didn't boycott. They didn't go, now look, that Babylonian, look, it's, a, it's of the devil to bow down to that one of that, those idols. You shouldn't do it. This is, this is of the, they didn't say that. They didn't go on Facebook and write all these posts combative about what not to do and how crazy it is. They just said, we will not bow. We're going to stand. We're going to stand for what we believe in. And this is the thing about courage. I mean, thank God we got somebody on our pastor staff now called Courage. Amen. And he's awesome. He and Sandy, man, haven't y'all enjoyed them? And aren't they amazing? You guys are a gift from heaven. Let's thank God for them. Amen. Man. <laughs> what is courage of the heart all about? Courage looks up, stands up, and speaks up. There you have it. This is the boldness that I want in me and I want in each one of us to stand strong in a bow-down culture. In love, though, man. Gosh, I wish y'all knew how much I love you, this city, the Lord. I mean, I really do, man. And this is the most grace-filled church. Are you hearing me? We are so grace-filled. Man, if we were any more grace, our brains would be spilling out if we were more open-minded to grace. We wouldn't have you. We love deeply. You can come to this church and believe different. It's okay. You can. It's great. But the question is, it's like, well, what, what if they don't listen? What if we're rejected? What if we're misunderstood? What if we're labeled this? What if we're seen as unloving? What if the, the world don't understand? You know, I don't want to hurt people. I don't want to misrepresent the Lord. You know, it may cost us our reputation, but you got to stand as we're getting ready to see. (laughs) Now, with those questions, let's look at this scripture. Because they say, hey, we will not bow down and the Lord God is going to deliver us. But then he says, Nebuchadnezzar, verse 17, but even if he does not, let it be known to you. I love that right there. Let it be known. There's some things that have just got to be known. It has to be known what we're for. We can't allow the truth to be diluted out in the streets and out in the schools and out in the businesses and in the world. There is a truth. It's the word of God. It works. Man's ways is not work. How's it working out, man's ways? Not. God's way. God's way is what makes it work. Man, I love this. Let it be known to you, O king. We are not going to serve your gods or worship the golden image that you've set up. We got to get prepared for the days that we live in. We got to. Listen, this Bible over here, I'm going to get it for you right here. This Bible right here, don't you allow this to be diluted. 
You embrace it. You read it. You go, oh, Daryl's just clever, made stories. Okay, talk to me about them. Talk, what, what are you talking about? This Bible, it's so, this, this book is so amazing. It confirms itself over and over and over. If you don't believe it, just look in this room. Look at all the lives that are changed. We've seen addicts who couldn't get any help anywhere, anywhere, get filled in the Holy Spirit and get set free. Explain that to me. We had a girl, she was a heroin addict. She came to shoot herself up. She, was, she got put in the top uh, rehab places in the nation. She came here, wandered into a new life meeting. Uh-oh. Okay, she wandered into a new life, gets born again, gets filled with the Holy Spirit. Never shot heroin again. Amen. She's down at Dallas Theological Seminary right now getting a counseling degree. That's going to be the devil's worst nightmare, I promise you that. We had a girl that had eating disorders, was put in three of the leading eating disorder clinics in the world. Her dad was, could put her anywhere he wanted to be. Came up here, came to the church, got filled with God, got the, got the word, never struggled again. He walks in the door, came to church. He, he flew in, he's from London. He flies in from England. He comes up and he goes, I'm, I'm so-and-so, I'm so-and-so's uh, uh, dad. He just, I have one question for you. He goes, is it true? Is it real? And I said, he goes, well, what the hell is it? <laughs> I said to him, well, what do you mean, what the hell is it? He goes, no, what the hell is going on in this place? She's been in three of the top rehab, breaking the pot, that, that whole cycle of eating disorders in the world. And she comes here and says, I just went and I got prayer and now I'm getting discipled and I love God. What the hell is this? I said, well, this is what will deliver you from hell. It's called the Lord Jesus. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy or something. <laughs> I love the Lord, man. I love changed lives. I, it works. Man, it works. I just, I just love you so much. Let it be known. It works. Let him be known. But he's not going to be known if we're bowing down. All right. There's some things that just, just need to be made to be known. I'll tell you a quick story about these uh, Ukrainians. I was at, you know, they, they came through, they, lit, they survived being, you know, so many of their brothers and sisters and pastors being martyred right in front of their eyes. And so I was in the wilderness with them. They were dropping me off at the train. I said, what was it like in those days? And they said, well, this is what it was like. They pulled their shirt up and they had bullet holes. I said, it was like that. I'm like, wow, how did you get those? He said, well, it was on the way to Bible study. He said, the soldiers would climb up in the trees, take a bourbon up there and drink it and just shoot us. We would crawl through the snow on our way to Bible study, on our way to church. I was like, what? And they were, oh, totally worth it. We got to hear the word of God. We would get shot again to get to hear God's word. Your brothers and sisters, many of whom it's going on right now today, they're taking a stand. Some things are just worth standing for, right? Some things are worth living for. You gotta be willing to die for something if it's worth living for it. Gosh, I promise, I said this early, so I'm preaching about 86% better than y'all are responding right now, okay? okay. I'll be preaching like a house of fire up here, y'all. A little, a little excited. Preach warning, preach warning. Okay, here we go. Okay, let's go back to some notes, okay. Woo. Some similarities, here we go. Let's get into them, here we go. We face criticism for our faith. That's reality. 
Your faith's gonna be criticized in your culture. The fiery furnace is gonna fire up. We face commands to eliminate our beliefs, core beliefs. These are core beliefs about sexuality, about gender, about marriage, about life. They're just core beliefs. And hey, if you, if you believe different, that's okay. It's okay. Let's have a conversation. Don't just go, oh man, these guys, you know, and send hateful emails. I mean, let's talk. Let's have a conversation. You know, we'll come out of it better. You know, I, I promise it won't change the word of God. The word of God's true. But I'll understand you better. You'll understand me better. And you're welcome to come if you believe differently. Amer Listen, what is happening to America right now? Any disagreement equals hatred. It equals vileness. You know, it's just, it's just not good. It's not good, okay? Oh, praise the Lord. All right, so let's, uh, we face consequences for, for noncompliance. That last one right there. Daniel and his friends, they had, they, listen, they can't, you cannot allow your fears and your anxiety and your need to be accepted to dominate your faith and what you say. You can't. You're like, but Daryl, they hate us. They reject us. I know it's a fiery furnace. I'm throwing in it too. But there's some goodness. Hang on. There's some goodness. See, my job, our job is to prepare you, prepare you to stand when the whole world's telling you to bow. No stand for what's right. I'm going to tell this quick story. I, we went and did this outreach, and when we got to the outreach, there were 15 policemen that came out of a big van, SWAT team. They were all in SWAT tactical gear, and the pastor was with me, pulled me aside. He was, they are not here to watch the meeting. They are not here to watch the meeting. I said, uh-huh. And he, he, he says, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I said, listen, I'm a man under authority. I said, I have every intention of doing that thing and getting back on that bus and my team and I were leaving. But you gotta live here. It's your call. I'm under authority. If you don't want us to do the outreach, you won't do it. He goes, oh no, I knew you were gonna say that. Oh no, oh no. And he's just gripped. He goes, they will take you. They will rough you up. They will take you away. You and your team will be taken away. I said, mm-hmm. He goes, what should we do? I said, I did not come all this way to leave because of a spirit of fear. But I'm a man under authority. What do you want to do? He goes, I knew you were going to say that. Do the outreach. Do the outreach. And so we did the outreach. Funny things was the students didn't even have a clue of what's getting ready. We're getting ready to go to prison, everybody. But hey, they were, they were just so in the zone of faith. And, and so... We did the outreach, and oh, this is so funny. We had this clown, like one of, our, one of our ministers would dress like a clown to loosen up the crowd, you know. And I'm telling you, there's about 1,500 people there. And so what she did, she was a clown. She went and sat on the lap of a man on the second row. And the interpreter went, oh, no, oh, no. I said, who's that man? Go, that's the mayor. He's the one that brought the SWAT team. I said, perfect, perfect, praise God, we got this, Lord. Then said, follow me out on the stage. She goes, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I said, we got this, we got this. So we went out there, and I said, let's, let's give it up, let's give it up. Everybody, 1,500 people cheering. I said, we are so glad to be here. We want to let you know we're so pleased. And none of it could happen if it wasn't for your wonderful mayor. 
<laughs> Let's give it up for him. Come on up here. Come on up here. He's up there going like this right here. <laughs> I said, devil, we're going to stand. We're not going to give away to fear. <laughs> I tell you, devil got a teeth knocked out that day. Hundreds of people came to Christ. You got to stand. Do you hear me? We got to stand. We got to stand. And that, that brings us to number three. Number three, stand in faith with the Word of God. Stand in faith. Stand in faith with the word of God. Let's look at what happens to Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar, going back to our story now, remember what happens. They, they say, we will not stand. But let it be known to you, we will not serve your God. Even if God done delivers, we're not gonna stand. At this, Nebuchadnezzar was so filled with rage and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He gave orders to heat the furnace seven times hotter. Doesn't it seem like that? culture's gotten seven times hotter against what we believe. They're getting more vocal, violent rejection. He gives them seven times hotter. In today's culture, I've said it twice, I'm going to say it again. If you disagree, it's like it equals hatred. <laughs> but listen, what's needed is conversation. What's needed is dialogue. If you disagree, it's okay. It doesn't change God's word. But let's not get rejecting and blaming and naming and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's, it's quite okay. Because look at this thing. Look at this uh, definition of tolerance. We want to all be tolerant. Somehow or another, this has shifted on us. I think what's happening is the church, talking about the church, the body of Christ, we're reaping what we sowed some 20-some years ago, being so law-driven and not grace-driven. Some of y'all weren't around back then. Believe me, man, it was just hardcore fire preaching and you know, everybody going to hell you know, and, and, no, and no grace. And I think we're reaping some of it in the culture because now we're the ones who are seen as intolerant for just believing, for just standing for what we believe about marriage, about gender, about life, about the unborn. Look at what tolerance is, a fair, objective, and permissive attitude towards those whose opinions and beliefs and practices, racial or ethnic origins differ from our own. That's what it means to be tolerant. In our culture, tolerance equals agreement. Did you catch that? Tolerance equals agreement. Okay, so we, we know this as you navigate life. You've got to stand up. So let's come to their conclusion. In verse 20, it's not in, up here, but on, in your Bibles, look. It says, now Nebuchadnezzar, what does he do? He commands his mighty warriors and his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the fiery furnace. And sure enough, they throw them three boys in there. <laughs> they throw them three boys in the furnace. Suddenly then it says, the scripture says, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and said, did we throw three of them boys in there? How is it now that I see four men walking around unharmed, walking in the fire, and the fourth looks like the son of God. It's Jesus, everybody. He's in the furnace with you. He's waiting on you in the furnace. Did you hear that? He's waiting for you. 
in the furnace. Now, I, 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 love, this, I love this sentence, right? If you stand for him, he's going to stand for you. And, you know, we may lose everything. We might be rejected. We might, you know, lose this and lose that. And people say, oh, I don't want anything to do with anything. But you know what Jesus said? If you acknowledge me before man, I'll acknowledge you before my father. You disown me, I'm going to disown you. If you don't hear anything else, you get this in you really big time. I lived my life, my entire existence, for one moment. And that's when I go to heaven and I see my Jesus. And I have a, 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 a dream, a passion, a vision that he will look at me and say, hey, well done, good and faithful servant. That's it. We should praise God. Let's praise him. You may lose here, but we want to win there. I look at that as a gift to my God. <laughs> we got arrested one time. I, I, I don't have time to tell this story, but we got arrested one time, and this guy had this AK-47 and on my head. He said, now, what were you? What were you doing in the park? And the scariest thing about it is he was drunk as he could be and demonized, demonized, demon-possessed. What were you doing in the park? AK-47 right at your head. I thought to myself right then, I said, are you threatening me with heaven? <laughs> Devil, are you that stupid? I looked right at that guy and said, I was preaching the glorious gospel of the one true Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he had that gun, and I had a jail cell guy with me, one of our team members. We got put in jail. And, um, y'all, I was put in jail for preaching, not doing something crazy. Everybody like, what was he put in jail for? But he starts saying, oh, Lord, just fill them all right now, this guy beside me, in the Holy Spirit of God. And then the spirit of laughter got all over the guy. And you know what? They got ashamed, and they just put the gun and walked out. You know what ended up happening? Before we left there, one of our team members got bold and he just said, man, we got to preach the gospel to all these policemen. We can't leave here. I said, I don't have a lick of faith on it. So I just pushed the table. I got a table and I pushed it into the corner. There was an interpreter. I said, you speak English? You know, he's, he's like, kind of. I said, he was a policeman. I said, okay, you, you're their interpreter. Anyway, three of them policemen ended up giving their heart to Christ. Come on, let's give it up to Jesus. Amen. Oh, boy. All right, so let's see what happens. Let's bind it down. Nebuchadnezzar approaches the door in the burning, fiery furnace. Four of them are there. The Lord's with you in the fire. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God. Look at what he's saying now. He just called the Most High God. All right, and they saw that their body didn't have any effect on it. They were unaffected. Folks, they didn't even smell like smoke. And here's the deal. If you're in culture and you stand for God, you don't even have to smell like the culture. Man, that's, that's just so cool. Nebuchadnezzar declared, blessed be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Man, he's getting born again, guys. I tell you right here, he's coming to Christian. His angel was delivered, his servants who trusted him. They violated the king's command and risked their lives rather than serve any other God or accept their, their, the falsities that we were bringing them. They risked would you? Would you do it for Jesus? 
would you? Here it is right here. Be a voice, not an echo. Be a voice. Worship team, come on up. Be a voice, not an echo. Let's end with this scripture right here. It says, be on your guard. 1 Corinthians 16, what a beautiful scripture. 1 Corinthians 16, be on your guard. Stand firm in your faith. Be courageous. Be strong. And let's do everything in love, shouldn't we? Let's do every, let's do it every. Why don't you stand on your feet too? Stand on up, everybody. Stand in love. Let us do this, Lord. Let us make a stand for you. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you that you've given us this great, glorious Jesus. Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Just thank you for sending Jesus. I pray, Lord, that we love you so much we would, we would die for you. In order to do that, we got to live for you. I'm asking for a courage and a boldness to come across this body and this church that would influence this high country region in ways that would be dramatic, Lord. We love people. We love God. And Jesus, we love you so much. So Father, right now, let us just be infused with your, with your love. I think it'd be great if we just worship a little bit. Is, is everybody all right with that? I went a little bit long, but we just worship a little bit. And if you need to leave because of time, if you've got a lunch appointment, that's okay. We're just gonna worship here. And let this word go deep into your heart. Let's do it. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. To find out more about our ministry, visit hhcboone.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Harvest House Church Boone.